Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. This week, I'm joined by the incredibly gifted Alana Hope. Alana is known for their array of talents, from their project Boxy Dads to their gorgeous art designed for a variety of musicians, including some bands on Counterintuitive and Chatterbox Records. I'm super excited to introduce you to Alana on Angry Girl Music after having met them through my other podcast, On the Record. But before we get into this episode, I'd like to issue a content warning for sexual assault for just a couple minutes. You can jump ahead if this may be difficult to hear, but I'd like to take a moment to discuss what we're coping with as a society right now, particularly in the U.S. So I'm going to go into it now. Skip ahead if you'd like. It has been a difficult week for many of us, especially those who have been victims of sexual assault and violence. Whether you were following the latest on accused perpetrators like Pine Grove or nationally with the hearings of Brett Kavanaugh, it has been a series of triggers that reminds us of how many people are impacted by sexual violence. I want everyone listening to know that you and your experiences are valid. It doesn't matter when it happened, how it happened, who did it, you are heard and you deserve a safe existence full of healing. It's hard right now when we're bombarded by the media and people sharing their stories of Me Too. It is a time of vocalizing pain, and the dark part of that is the horrendous pushback that victims do not deserve. So I want anyone listening to know that I and allies hear you, and if you need help, confide in a friend, a family member, or any of the resources that I've provided in the show notes. 
Your health and safety are priority in these times, so please take care of yourselves and don't be afraid to ask for help. Thank you so much for listening, and it's been a busy year full of opportunities to grow and learn from each other. And speaking of that, the interview with Alana is a great example of someone I'm always learning from and more about. So let's dig into the interview with Alana now. This is a very special treat because I get to reunite with you, Alana. Um, we got to do on the record not too long ago and stuff. So this is really fun. Um, how are things for you lately? Um, things are good. A little stressful because, you know, I'm mentally preparing for fest um, and touring. Um, but generally, uh, things are pretty good. That's good to hear. <laughs> Yeah, it's always stressful right before, but it ends up being so exciting. I feel like probably once you get on the road and then are in your routine of playing music and getting ready for fast. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's always fun. It's always worth it. It's just, it's so much to think about. Absolutely. So many other things going on. Uh, that just like hits you like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm leaving in a few weeks. Like, oh yeah, I'm meeting a bunch of people I've never met. Oh yeah, like I'm going to play shows in places I've never been. It, it just kind of hits you all at once, and it's it's weird to think about. Yeah, that's, like, a lot of emotions if you think about it, too, because it's, like, excitement, nervousness, that whole, like, antsiness because you're planning and trying to make sure everything goes the way it feels good. But, you know, it's always a good feeling, I'm sure, once you get to the spaces, so. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited because that means I get to hang out with you in a couple weeks. Absolutely. It's going to be a blast. Oh, I'm so excited. And it's right around your birthday, so extra celebration there. We, we should throw uh, my, my birthday party there. That's what I want to do. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I told Alana this offline, but like, yeah, we should totally throw their birthday party during the live show. Like, <laughs> I'm going to make that a point. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> it's going to be fun, but yeah, uh, it's it's so great. And um, for everybody who isn't familiar with Alana, um, they are an incredible musician and artist. Um, 
musician referring to their act Foxy Dads, and uh, their artwork is all over the place. I see it all the time with Counterintuitive and Chatterbox Records fans. So you have so many cool projects. So for folks unfamiliar, I want to definitely get them a little bit familiarized with all of your awesome work that you're doing. For those who aren't familiar, how did you first kind of get involved in music? Um, I didn't really have a choice, I guess. All my friends were in bands. Uh, everyone I knew was in bands. The only way I knew people was through shows. Um, I was like late to the game. I feel like everybody else I was friends with was already in a band. And then I was like, oh yeah, like I should probably do some music. That's awesome. And like, um, you've told me before about how great it was that you had friends that were playing music and that they kind of helped motivate you to learn to play as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if I didn't have a lot of the friends that I have, I wouldn't be kind of the same person and I wouldn't, I might not have been involved in music ever, but everybody else could do it. Like, why couldn't I do it? And they were so encouraging and, you know, like everyone was very supportive of it. No one was like, oh, Lana can't be in a band. Like they were all like, oh yeah, why didn't you do this sooner? (laughs) (laughs) That's so nice to hear. Um, I'm sure as you were turning yourself into a musician, you're probably thinking about the sounds that you wanted to have and um, the folks that are kind of probably helping you learn music as well, probably had their influences. Do you feel like any of your friends' tastes may have kind of rubbed off on you as you were learning to play music? Um, definitely. I'd definitely say so. There are a lot of things that I'm interested in that like no one I know right now is really interested in, but I feel like early on, a lot of my taste was just derived from the people around me. As with, like, any young musician, you you like what you're hearing a lot. Um, so I'd, I'd say the start, for sure, was influenced when a lot of people around me were, like, getting into, like, lo-fi. Um, a lot of, like, early lo-fi stuff. That definitely kind of started me in that direction. And then from there, I kind of found my own things. No, that's awesome that you kind of had a little bit of the interest that others were bringing to you and then those of your own. Um, Who were a couple of the artists that you feel like really made an impression that made you decide, hey, this is the sound I think I really enjoy and maybe want to play with? Um, I mean, R.L. Kelly is my favorite, um, like my biggest influence. Um, uh, It's this girl, Rachel Levy from California, I think, and she was kind of prominent in the lo-fi scene and not a lot of people talked about her. Everyone was all Alex G, Spencer Radcliffe. Nobody really talked about R.L. Kelly. But when I found her music through actually an ex of mine, I um, I don't know, something about the style really like clicked with me and I was like, wow, I would love to make this. Like, this is what I want to see in the world. And then of course there's also... Um, you know, bands that I, I knew in school right when I started, um, Quarterbacks and Diet Sig, also very big influences on my sound. And, you know, I tell people all the time that, like, those are two of the bands that made me make music. Um, but I feel like I do take a little little bits and pieces from from everything. Those are just some really, really big ones. Like, I heard this and I was like, this is it. That's That's the sound. That's so awesome how you were able to just feel that motivated from R.L. Kelly in that sense and like so many others. And I can tell listening to your music and I'm sure most folks when they actually really embrace Foxy Dads, 
they can hear that there's like hip hop influence and pop and like so much going on there. And it's beautiful because there's so many layers to your music in that sense. Thank you. I think I'm like one of those people that's so behind that they're ahead sometimes. <laughs> like a lot of the stuff that was really popular, like hip hop, um, like when I was younger, I wasn't really interested in. I always wanted to be, you know, not like anybody else doing my own thing. So because of that, I like didn't get interested in it until I was much older and I really saw that like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And because of that, I'm bringing all these influences that I like didn't grow up with but ended up with later in life. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just changes like the way you think about those influences. It changes maybe like the aspects that you you include, the things you notice. There's no like nostalgia factor there. It's just and it and it doesn't feel dated to me because it's all stuff that I discovered at, you know, not the right time. Sure, because it's interesting because you almost come into it, it seems like, with a little bit more of a mature ear. You kind of go to it with a little bit more of a mature ear because a lot of the times when we listen to some, like, of the popular music in the moment, we kind of just get caught up in the uh, high-level stuff. But when you're going into it with, like, a real intent to just properly um, listen to the music and stuff, there's so much that you can get into it, the beats, the layers, the production, all of it. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, you definitely look at things differently after you spent a bunch of time trying to distance yourself from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you think a lot more about, like, oh, so, like, this is why people liked this so much, or, like, wow, like, why was I sleeping on this? <laughs> it, it does just kind of make you think of things differently. I think being uncool growing up was, like, one of the things that I think made me cooler now and, like, made me... Um, just like look at things a little different. That's so interesting that you say that because I sometimes feel that way as well. I always felt like I either had, you know, either outdated taste or things that were just like weird or unusual, but it ends up, I feel like that makes you more interesting as an adult versus like when you're a kid or a teenager, it's like, oh, this is awkward. But now it's like the quirks become the endearing parts of you. Absolutely. I totally agree. (laughs) That's so awesome. Um, as far as like the hip hop and pop goes, any artists come to mind in that area that you feel like have really shaped you? Um, there's definitely, uh, I know uh, Wicca Faze just put out a song with Georgia Mac, which oh, nice. is a really big deal to me because, you know, I, I love Camp Cope and I love that world of, um, you know, like punk rock and girls can do it and all these really emotional songs too. Uh, and then there's Wiccafaze, who, you know, does have an emo history with, like, Tiger's Job, but is now doing, like, a totally hip-hop-inspired thing. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool to me to see those those two worlds kind of collide. And I was like, wow, like, these are, like, this is what I want to see more of. And I mean, you know, it ended up not being, like, just a, like, hip-hop song, not just being a rock song, not just being, you know, it was kind of in that in-between. And I feel like there are a few, like, other artists that have been doing stuff like that. Um, But right now, that's just, that was a recent release that for sure comes to mind. Yeah, it's so special whenever artists start to get even more creative, whenever you can hear so many different influences and, like, uh, 
they start to experiment with their sounds. Uh, I think about like with Little Big League later developing into Japanese breakfast, like there's just so much there and there's so many different varieties of sounds. So uh, I just love that. And it, I think it shows the artist range at that point. And you clearly have that same range as well with what you're doing. I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm fired. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm I mean, trying my hardest. <laughs> you're killing it as far as I'm concerned. It's awesome. Um, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about, um, your music, of course, with, uh, songs from the Long Island Railroad is definitely one of my favorites. I still keep going back to it. Um, and I've, I went back to it again after we did our last interview and kind of just took in some of what I felt like were the themes, which was like sharing emotions and like, sometimes there was elements of depression and stuff throughout. Um, what was it like for you kind of writing this record and putting it all together? Um... It was a little weird because it meant that I was always like kind of an open book. I, I'd tell anybody anything about me. I still kind of am that person. I don't talk to people that often, but you know, if they want to know anything about me, I'll tell them. Mm -hmm. But also it, it changed kind of the platform. So even though I was kind of comfortable talking about these things, I was also you know, not just like singing to the world, you know, it's easy to just tweet into the void and, and act like no one you ever know is going to see it. It was hardest, I think, to be doing it with my friends, to like have Joey and Marissa and the people that I recorded with be there and not just be hearing me say these sad things, but also kind of being roped into it, almost being like, I felt like I was making them a part of it. Mm -hmm. But they were all just so supportive, you know, all, all my friends were so supportive and it totally made me feel like this album was a good idea and like the things I was saying were important and that, you know, not only were my friends willing to hear me talk about this stuff, they were also willing to help me with it and be a part of it and make that music with me. And I still see that, you know, all the time, I feel like with people who talk to me that know my band, with my bandmates now, like everybody um, just seems to be really supportive of the fact that like I'm saying these things. Absolutely. And I'm sure having your friends with you and opening up a little deeper because music is so intimate. Um, you probably were able to feel a little bit more comfortable being vulnerable with your music in that sense, because you trusted these people and, you know, they're helping encourage you to get it onto the next stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really special that, you know, you feel this kind of, it sounds like a uh, backing behind you as you're putting this music out and writing and recording it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, when I, I started doing music, I kind of always thought it was a super exclusive thing. And in a lot of ways it is, but I always thought people would be like, Oh, they're not good enough. Like, why are they doing this? And I, I was so happy to see, that I was faced with the opposite in my personal friend group. And that, that really meant a lot to me and showed me that a lot of the people that, you know, were involved are good people and are good friends. And you know, everybody, everybody hates me or that everybody has to be good at what they're doing. It's just do it. If you have, you know, good friends, it'll be fun. <laughs> That's so awesome. And 
You know, one of the songs that you have on there, hi, you name drop it. It seems like a lot of friends that share some of like the quieter moments in life. And that seemed really cool. I love it whenever people can just kind of share those little intimate details of like their real lives in that sense. Uh, what, what made you decide you wanted to share these people's names and these little things? It just seemed, I don't know, it seemed fun to me. I feel like it wasn't something, I don't know, I always love the idea of like shout outs and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's like a big thank you, but I don't know. I just kind of wanted to throw it in a song and be like, Hey, like people shout out their friends. Like, you know, I, I want to do that too. Like, I don't care if it's corny. And other people get to do it. Why don't I? <laughs> um, I also, I don't know. I, I wanted to keep the family close. Like I, I want my friends to know that I care about them and that, they're important in my life and I can write a song about one thing and still be thinking of, of them. It felt Especially so natural. The people that were mentioned were also being super, super helpful to me and in, in a pretty rough time, but it was, you know, I hope that they liked their shout outs. <laughs> I loved it. Cause it was, it felt natural. It felt smooth. And I think that's part of why that song felt so personal and just, beautiful in that sense, because it's like, you know, you could feel that all these moments where you wanted to feel better, that these people were present. And that's so wonderful. And I love hearing particularly musicians calling out that sort of like positivity. So I love that. That was one of the things that like immediately drew me to that song. Plus like the beats were fantastic. So <laughs> I mean, I, I got to thank Joey for that. Um, my friend Joseph Wright and uh, he's in like a few bands but uh, when we've been working together on like recording Foxy Dads, uh, also with Marissa, mm-hmm. and you know, I'll I'll come to to them saying, "Hey, I want this and that, and here's a rough draft, and I want these influences," um, or I'll give most of a beat. But Joey always really, you know, takes the idea and finishes it, and really helps me with things like, like, oh, how do I make this beat better? How do I make this? track more interesting um so i definitely i can't take all the all the credit for the funness of the song um but it's nice to just work with someone who really like sees my vision and and knows exactly what i want and really just like takes the idea and makes it better that's really awesome that you have somebody in your corner that's just really supportive and is willing to help you like expand your ideas into something that you're really proud of in that sense yeah, yeah. Um, and even even now, uh, writing songs, like, with the band, uh, it just, I don't know, I, I like people with different influences. It's We all hear different things in the song, and it really just shapes the way it goes, who you're working with, and it'll, it'll make the song sound like other people's influences, too, and not, not just all of my weird ones. <laughs> That's really cool, because then it becomes more of a collective project, depending on the song and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's really neat. Um, I think LP2 is going to be a lot a lot more of that. It's going to be a little bit more collaborative. Oh, that sounds like fun. I'm really excited. Do you know when you're trying to get that out, or are you still writing? Still writing. Um, <laughs> hoping for February. I make no promises. Oh, that's still exciting, though. Early, early 2019, then. That's still pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. That's, I I needed that good news. (laughs) So cool. 
Um, well, you know, another song that really was fascinating to me is uh, My Mom Was a Witch in True Life. Still love that song. I'm still good to it because you unpack so much of like life in New York City and um, some of the things that shape that, including you, Village Voice, the whole, that still resonates with me so deeply because that was a part where you kind of shared previously that that's kind of how you were able to find your family in that sense, or they found you. And mm-hmm. it's so beautiful to me. Um, how did you kind of go about stitching together all these elements of your life kind of in that song? That's just so much. That's just fun to continue to unpack for me. Um, I will say, and this is going to sound so corny and I, I swear that I have never had this happen at any other time. And this was just like this weird Frico incident, but it started because I had a dream that I was literally just walk, like I walked across New York state and that's kind of where that first line comes in. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds so, so cheesy. It came to me in a dream. (laughs) I swear that just, I just thought of that first line and then the rest was was kind of easy from there um so that that was you know a little bit just the, just a little part of it came from something totally random that's so interesting though because it's like with that dream I'm sure you're thinking about like you know you think about the meaning of like walking across the state and stuff it's like that's a journey and you kind of put your own journey in a sense through that song yeah. Um, and I've also, I mean, I've always been interested, who isn't interested in themselves? I've always been interested in my history. Mm-hmm. I've always been interested in, like, the fact I am adopted. Um, I love the story. I just, I think it's almost, like, funny, like, and I'm sure anyone who's adopted has this kind of a story where it's, it's stuff is just so weird. The whole, I was found in the village voice, like, that sounds like it'd be out of an indie movie. That, that doesn't sound real. <laughs> And to me, that's kind of so interesting. It's like, wow, I have this really unique part of me that I want to talk about and I want to explore, but I don't really have any way to explore it because I wasn't there. This was all happening before I was born. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of where that, like, I want to, I want to, um, I want some answers from my ancestors. It's like, like, how do you come to terms with you are the sum of what came before you um and how do you like fully understand those things and like you only know these bits and these pieces and you love them because they make you who you are and they're interesting and they're quirky but also you don't know anything about them that's so interesting to me and I love that your family has kind of shared those kind of details with you and stuff because it helps shape your identity as well as your understanding of yourself which is special, I think. Absolutely. And I mean, I say it all the time. I'm very lucky to have the family that I have. That's Uh, so wonderful. Yeah, I I love it. And like, you do that so much throughout your music. Like, I mean, I think about um, your song, your song off the pity party, uh, Baby Teeth. Uh, That song is so great, because I feel like you, you very rawly explore growing up, it seems like, and like embracing certain things that you have to do as you get older. I mean, you use the stuff like learning to ride the bike and driving and such, but um, I feel like with that song, it's so deep in that sense, because it's like you're realizing, oh, I need to, I'm finding myself and I'm figuring out what it is I need to be, which is really special in that sense. And then, of course, with the 
with a voicemail from your grandmother. That's just, that always just warms my heart every time it comes up on shuffle for me because I'm just like, Oh, I I can feel like your connection to both your self identity and your family in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally like a serial voicemail hoarder. Yeah. I'm a sentimental person. I, you know, I, I love keepsakes. I like things that remind me of other things. I'm totally a memento kind of person. And, you know, what, what's like the ultimate memento, but like a, a sound bite of somebody that you care about from a time that felt good. I'm totally, you know, just a sucker for anything sentimental. <laughs> that's anything so special. I think of something else, another time that's... It's so trans, transportative. I don't know. Um, but it just, it does something that nothing else does, I think. It really just takes you to a totally different plane. Yeah, totally. And I know for me, whenever I hear that particular voicemail within that record, I always think about my own family. I think of like, you know, my mom or my grandma and stuff who leave me those kind of voicemails and stuff. And it's very positive and uplifting. So it's, it's a nice thing to throw in there that I just feel like, and it, and it shows so much about you, I feel like in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I like to build connections, I guess. That's so Um, cool. I think samples are a really great way to do that. A lot of people hate, you know, overuse of samples. I love it. I, it's just a different way other than singing or people relating to my words or liking the beat. It's just, you know, one extra way to be like, this is something I care about too. Yeah. It's very intimate for you to share something that is like a keepsake to you in that sense. And that means a lot. So that's really special. And I know for me as a listener, I definitely appreciate that. Do you have like a favorite, like um, tangible keepsake or like object that you have? Um, I feel like I definitely have a few things. Um, one of my favorite things, I actually, I'm in like a little, um, desk cave area. (laughs) (laughs) But one of my favorite things is I stole uh, my mom and dad's uh, engagement photos that were taken by, I know that viewers can't see this, but I'm I'm showing a picture of it. Those are lovely pictures. That's so yeah, nice that you still my, have that. My uh, Uncle Bill actually photographed uh, my parents for this, and he's recent, uh, recently passed. So, oh, okay. I'm it's sorry just kind of like so many different things in one. It's like my parents when they're young and like in love, and also like even when you think it's just that, there's still you know more more family involved. That's really special, though, that you have that. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite things. I'm sure I have more um, keepsakes, but that was, it's literally right next to me. Like, that's that's one of my – as soon as I found it, I kept it. I love that. No, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me because that's course. that's so cool. And, you know, those kind of things, I, I, I'm the same way. I'm – I think that sometimes I'm a 
the brink of being a hoarder because I hold on to so much stuff. And my mom has actually asked me, she's like, why do you still have that jewelry box? They gave that to you like 10 years ago. And I'm just like, because you gave it to me. And like, you know, that kind of same way. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, it's because it's special in that sense. And you held on to it for a long time. And I don't know. I, I love that you are like that. That's really, that's just so cool to me. I mean, I've still kept outfits just because I remember a good time I had in them. Like, that's, like, how, like, stuff I don't even wear. I'm like, oh, I remember this one time I wore this to this place, and it was really fun. <laughs> so I definitely, definitely understand. I I do have a little bit too much attachment to things, I think. But they don't need to even be nice things. They just need to be things. I love them. <laughs> I love it. That's so awesome. Well, I know one of the things that, yeah, I, I've become so attached to music. So particularly with my records now, I'm like, all right, none of these are going anywhere. I had, uh, when we had the hurricane come through last year, I was trying to smuggle some with me whenever I had to evacuate. And I was like, uh, no, I don't need to be taking these things on top of all this other stuff. But what can I say? Stuff like that. When I get attached to music, especially music like yours, I'm like, I don't want to part like with this. I don't, I want to take the stuff with me. <laughs> but, uh, So one of the things that I love about your music is kind of how it's progressed in that sense. Um, I feel like your music just keeps getting tighter between the records so far, and I can't wait for the next LP, of course. Um, But how do you feel you've progressed musically um, between, for example, songs from Long Island Railroad, Pity Party, and maybe into writing these new songs now? Um, I definitely think that we just kind of get better and better, but you know, who who doesn't want to, like, keep progressing and changing, and you always just learn more, which, like, with each thing I do, I learn something about how I want to do it next time, and I'm totally not a perfectionist. I don't want to, like, sit and, you know, really just, like, kill myself over something. Um, I'm more the type to, well, the sooner I get this out, the sooner I can use what I've learned for the next thing, and just keep going, and keep going, and I'm totally that crumpled up paper can idea person. That's, <laughs> I just, I, I want to keep getting better. And I, you always learn something new every time you do, you know, anything. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's an easy way to grow and you just don't want to stop. That's so awesome though. And the fact that you kind of use lessons from one song into the next is just really special in that sense do you have one song that maybe has shaped another song that you've released or is it just little stuff like just the way that you're playing the music um I think a lot of it was just uh me kind of having more sensibility of what sounds good recorded what doesn't sound good recorded what can be different live from recorded what kind of layering I can think of to use, uh, different just dynamic elements. Um, and a lot of that is talking to people who like are kind of on my side, who do know a little bit more like Joey. Um, but I feel like that's mostly been the biggest influence. Uh, I'd say is just like seeing how something sounds in your head and then hearing it like, it's never really going to be the same. So just kind of letting like the process take you a little bit, but also not being afraid to kind of mix it up. (laughs) 
No, that works really nicely in that sense. And that's good that you kind of are open-minded to the way that your work can progress. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see like the limits of my own work. I mean, everybody can kind of spot their flaws. I see myself, you know, writing the same thing. uh, And I'm like, oh no, I can't do that. Or uh, becoming too consistent or too stagnant. Um, But, you know, that's, that's kind of, kind of anything is, I think if you can like recognize the limits to your own work, you can find other ways to improve. No, that makes complete sense. And that, that approach I feel like is going to take you so far with your music because I hope so. I think so for sure. Um, what are some things that you'd like to be able to do with your music over the next year or so? Um, well, I really want to put out LP too. Uh, that's something I'd, I'd really love, love, love to do. Um, and I also really want to shoot a music video. I've always that's wanted fun. to have a music video. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's, that's about where, where the dream level is right now. I, those are two things that, like, I think I can definitely accomplish. And I'm very much looking forward to accomplishing because I get to say hey I finally did that thing I've always wanted to do that's exciting well I'm sure you're going to be able to either get in the right steps to do it or accomplish these things very soon because you have so much talent and it sounds like really great people around you being supportive yeah I have another dream I want I want to get vinyl I forgot about that one but I will be the first. Oh, it might be less attainable. <laughs> I'll be the first in line with that. A music video and album. Hell yeah, that would be awesome. That could be all in one, one just like stretch. Honestly, yeah, yeah, That's so cool. Well, I've got my fingers crossed for all of it because that would be so exciting for you. Um, I always ask artists this question: um, if you could play with any three like musicians or full bands, uh, basically your own show or a festival lineup of choice, who would you want to play with? That is like the hardest question anyone has ever asked me. <laughs> um, oh, I don't even know. Definitely SZA. Um, like that... That's just the the coolest musician in the entire world right now. Absolutely. <laughs> um, probably Diet Sig, good good homies, and yeah. maybe Fantasy Camp. Ooh, he's like a a rapper. <laughs> I feel like that's a very weird mix of people, but. I might stick to that, um, but if RL Kelly was active, you know, if, if you need somebody, hit me up. <laughs> maybe, oh, maybe LS Studio Tees. Uh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sorry. There's just so many people. I totally understand. There's At so many all different groups. levels in all different genres. Like, there's just too many. Well, some of those are, like, totally attainable as a thing, like Diet Sig and Speedy Ortiz. Absolutely. Hell, I'd love to see you on tour with both of those bands. Yeah, but SZA definitely not attainable. You never know. I keep One seeing day. these, like, these wild lineups. I mean, Mitski just kind of, I mean, her career has been 
quite the trajectory, but like she's starting to play like opening arena shows and stuff now. Mm. So like, probably know Foxy Dads is gonna happen. So we'll we'll find out. I'll send the vibes into the universe. That's always the big thing I have to do is like, all right, let's see what happens because it's always so cool to see whenever artists just have these opportunities to start to develop. So I mean, says if you're listening, (laughs) hit up Alana. That's so great. Um, So the other thing that you do, of course, is visual art, graphic artist by day, doing (laughs) your awesome freelance work in your free time and such. Um, How did you kind of find your way into visual art? I was a visual artist much before I was a musician. Um, I was never the kid that wanted to go outside and play baseball. Uh, I was never the kid that wanted to go to a gymnastics course. I was never the kid that wanted to climb a tree. (laughs) I was very happy sitting in my room drawing weird things. (laughs) Um, I also remember when I was was little, uh, I would be babysat by my my godparents' uh, daughter. You know, she was really into anime. I would always see her drawing. I would always draw with her. Um, I was just kind of always a visual artist. My parents will be the first to tell anybody. I was, I was always doing it. I was always good at it. It was just, just something that came very naturally to me. That's awesome. Did you study any of it, um, post like high school or anything? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, while I was in high school uh, on top of, you know, taking art courses to the school, I also attended, um, a college prep course uh, for visual artists to get your portfolios ready. Um, And it was actually a really like intensive program. I've told people that I learned more in my college prep than I did in college. Oh, wow. Um, So it was, it was just very intense, uh, like being in high school and then staying, you know, in some other town doing art all night until 10 o'clock and getting home at 11 and, just spending all this time doing visual art and nothing else. Uh, really just, I don't know, drills it into you. But it was it was worth it for sure. That's awesome. And that kind of that kind of experience can really just expand your skill set and open your mind to other things that you might want to do later on. So that's really neat. Yeah, I was I definitely had the things that I liked. Um, I was always, you know, a portrait person. I love people. I love drawing people. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, the flyer designs and stuff I do, they're people or, like, cute objects. You know, I'm not a gruesome... I mean, nothing wrong with it, but, like, I like very particular things. And those have always kind of been things I've drawn. Um, but I don't know. I feel like having these like opportunities in an academic setting have like given me both a chance to explore things that I wasn't interested in and try different styles while also getting really, really good at the few things that I like doing the way I like doing them. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, you know, you get to develop your professional experience, of course, with being a graphic designer. And then you get to have fun working on like these flyers. And I, I always recognize your artwork because of just the way that you you approach it stylistically. I think definitely having a lot of other people or the objects, and then, of course, the style in itself is just, it's very distinctly you. And it's always fun when I see your flyers, and then um, I remember 
whenever I first saw the Cold Rex record mm-hmm. cover. And I was just like, this is gorgeous. And I remember, I think it was CJ who told me that it was you who did their album cover, which is amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Um, so I had met them like a very long time ago. I was uh, in high school. I was at a show. Um, they were really cool. I'm pretty sure I, I guess I added them on Facebook or liked their Facebook page or something, but I did a little like notebook doodle that had the lyrics to one of their songs or something, I think, or maybe the band name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like tagged them in it or sent them it, or maybe they just saw something of mine that I did. It was definitely like a notebook doodle scenario. <laughs> um, and then somehow that like developed into me being one of their like go-to visual artists. <laughs> it's just such a, uh, I don't know, a crazy like, way that that happened it was just oh they didn't know I did art and then they saw a little bit on Facebook and now I designed a whole CD for them so neat and special that you know that was able to happen thank goodness for the internet in that sense and say, like, thank goodness for the internet yeah just that just just <laughs> for that time internet, I wouldn't even have a job um like I, you know nobody would hit me up for art <laughs> It's so cool, though, that it's been a tool to you in that sense, because, I mean, you work with so many great people in music, and these are people who are, you know, DIY, but they also, like, you know, they have really impressionable art. Um, Do you ever feel like the music by the artists ever influences the visual art that you're working on? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I also, I mean, I even have some people just hit me up uh, asking for art uh, without, you know, any idea of what they want, and they're just like, hey, let, let the music dictate um I actually I think it's pretty cool when I get kind of like Facebook messages asking for art like that that's fun but also you know sometimes people just like have no idea what to expect I recently surprised somebody with like art that they kind of had like no idea what they were getting mm-hmm. uh, and that's just I don't know it's it's always fun to let let you know let it not just be, oh, well, I wanted to draw this, so this is what I drew. Mm-hmm. I, I'd so much rather it be, you know, custom every time and influenced on what I'm feeling and what they sound like and who they are. That's really special, and that does give it a more intimate look, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm drawn to your artwork in that sense is because you can kind of feel that you have emotion toward what you're working on. Yeah, yeah. I... I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the idea of like having, you know, ready-made stuff. Um, And definitely for some things, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, But I don't know. I really just like crave that like flight connection to something. And that's, that's something I really, really want my customers and like also just like other people who see my art to really like get is that everything it's, it's done like at that time for that person um, in a way that, like, they may or may not have even told me to do. No, I love that. Is there something that you want to design that you have not done yet? Um, hmm. I definitely, I definitely like to design a, um, Oh, what's it called? Sorry, I'm like blanking for a second. 
Oh, no, it's fine. Not like... <sighs> I totally lost it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm still not feeling great. No, that's okay. Take your time. Oh, okay. Got it. I was thinking of, like, the word for it. Like, I want to do, like, um, like, a set design or, like, props or something like that. Ooh, I like Even that. Now I've been, like, talking to somebody about a photo shoot, and I'm like, oh, like, what are these, like, things I can do? Mm -hmm. um, or, like, maybe, like, mural painting, like, something like that, something a little 3D, because I feel like in, like, my art as commodity world where I'm just, you know, selling flyers, selling T-shirts, yeah, and it's just like apparel, which I really love to design. And, you know, maybe I would start an apparel company one day. Like, I love designing that stuff. I still think it'd be really cool to design some sort of a space, like even maybe like designing a store, just just something. I want to I want to design an experience one day. Oh, that sounds amazing. I love that kind of stuff. And it would be so special to be able to have that. Um I'm sure with like, you know, if you leaned into music, you could do things like design the setting of a stage or like yeah. you know, the backdrops that are at shows. I mean, I see the ones on tour sometimes with some of the larger bands where they have that like custom backdrop and yeah. cool. you got to do something like that even. Yeah, like it was definitely never my focus, but it's something that like I would really love to just try one day. Well, some bands got to let you do that for whether it's a music video or a show. I think it'd be so cool. Absolutely. Hell, if I had the budget, I'd let you do the backdrop for my live show, honestly. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Maybe when I do my second one, because there, there will inevitably be another one at some point. So It could be a gift. <laughs> it could I'd be, be a this birthday party. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it in. Oh my gosh, we got to figure out a theme for your party. This is going to happen. <laughs> I love it. Um, so where would you kind of like to see your career with visual art go? I know you described the idea of being able to do like um, a little bit of design as far as like um, merchandise kind of goes in that sense and having a storefront. I always told myself that I wanted to be an editorial illustrator. Ooh. Um, but recently... <laughs> I really think it would be cool to own, like, a clothing store. That would be so awesome. Like, you totally amazing. from, like, high fashion to, like, I want to own a clothing store on the boardwalk and, like, deck it out and, like, make it really cool and design my own things. So I, I feel like I definitely changed my mind a lot. I always want to do something with art. That's always something I want to do. I never want to do something not art-related, but I don't know. The things I want to do with art, I feel like change all the time. That's good, though, because it's like it lets you just continue to widen the things that will influence you and the opportunities you can have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, well, I love that. And I hope that you get to have at some point the store and be able to do your like visual dimensional design in that sense. That sounds so amazing to me. Um, and who knows? Maybe you can find a way to incorporate your music into it, too, somehow. That'll be your music video. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that works. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so excited for you. And of course, I can't wait to see you here in October. Um, do you, is there, are there any stops on tour that you're really excited about being able to do? Um, I mean, I'm just really excited to like be hanging out with the weekdays and touring with them and going to places I've never been. I'm excited to, to meet up with um, Alex from Chatterbot, who I don't 
usually get to see. So, I mean, there's definitely people I'm always happy to see on tour, but I'm just excited to go on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. It's that adventure that you'll be able to go on and you'll be among friends. So that's always exciting. Yeah, I never get to tour too much or too long because, you know, I work so much, but it, I think it makes when I do go for even just a short amount of time, makes it really special to me. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure that with tour coming up and stuff, you'll have plenty of things to share and keep everybody updated. Uh, where can everybody keep up with you on the internet? Um, at Foxy Dads on Twitter, at Foxy Dads on Instagram, but I don't use Instagram that much. Foxy Dads on Facebook, uh, which I also don't use at all. <laughs> and I think my Snapchat's Foxy Dads, but Twitter's probably your best bet. <laughs> <laughs> I love your Twitter, so that's perfect. <laughs> if you want to know too much about me, follow the Twitter. <laughs> if you just want the highlight reel, anything else. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, everybody's going to have to make sure that they follow you and keep up because it's going to be so much fun to see your adventures in October and all the other stuff you're working on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Alana. Thanks for having me. It means the world. Dads. Thank you so much to Alana for sharing their experiences in independent music, 
how they approach songwriting, and even a look into some of the personal stories behind their treasures. Make sure to follow and support Alana along with all their projects from Foxy Dads to their independent art. It's gorgeous, and you're going to want some of your own. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work on publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. If you're in the neighborhood of Gainesville in October, come check out the very first Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion live show at the Fest. Check it out at 4.30 p.m. on October 27th at the Hippodrome. The event is free to all Festgoers, so come hang out. I'd love to meet you and talk tunes. But for now, stay angry and support independent artists. Mm-hmm.